Well, um, we're, we're um, I guess we're talking about in search of Timothy. Uh, are y'all ready? Um, today, as I was working, um, I thought about, um, I think it was Debbie, Sunday night when we were, ha- when we were having fuel, she talked about, um, she talked about the, uh, when Jesus, uh, was preaching to all the pre- people and it was like, it said it was like 5,000 men plus children and stuff. And, um, so a lot of people. And they were hung, and the disciples said, "Send them away so they can eat." And Jesus said, "Let's go ahead and feed them." And all they had was a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And um, of course, we know that um, Jesus fed them. You know, he broke, he handed, he he prayed and blessed the bread and handed it to his disciples, and they break it and it multiplied, of course. But the thing that I was thinking about that was, is that, uh, and I think Debbie even said it. She said that Jesus told his disciples. Uh, make sure that you sit everybody down in groups of fifty. Yeah. So what we see here is, is we see we see Jesus making some order. Mm-hmm. He he was making some order about it. He didn't want to just start handing food out and then, and then some people just eat you know two or three times. And have you eaten already? Yes, I have. Okay, well, so he was making some order so that they could get everybody fed uh, quickly, easily. I would imagine. So God wants us to have some order, and I think that if we don't have some kind of order, that God's not going to give us what, what we want. Like, of course, at Church on the Move, we want more people to come into our church, right? right. But if we don't get ourselves ready for that, then why would God give it to us? Why would you hand, why would you hand someone something precious when they're not going to take care of it? Right? And so... And so I just was thinking about that today. So, so as in the next few minutes that we're that we're hearing the word and we're um, and we're listening to God and we're talking to God, um, and we should do this. I think all we should always do this um, is to just prepare our hearts and our minds by just telling God, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. And uh, you know, a prayer that I pray, a prayer that I pray occasionally is, is I say, God, if I'm not ready. Because you guys know that the word says that God leads us in steps. And I said, God, if I'm not ready for the next step, then will you help me get ready? Right? I mean, because if we're ignorant about something or we need wisdom about something, doesn't it make sense that we would ask God to help us get that wisdom? So, so let's just, can, so I just say that so that we can all get ourselves ready, all right? So let's get our hearts and our minds ready to receive. You know, it doesn't matter, um, it doesn't matter who is up here talking um as long as as long as they're uh getting it from the word of god and they're speaking you know there's been times before when i've been sitting and listening to a a, a minister and they said something that triggered another thought and it and i and i totally got revelation from god and it didn't have anything to do with what they were saying y'all understand so so somebody can be speaking and I think if we're ready and getting our hearts ready, God, I'm ready to listen, I'm ready to hear you, that he can do all kinds of cool stuff in, right in the middle of that. That may not have anything. I may be talking about something totally different than what you're going through. But if we get ourselves ready, God will do some amazing things for us. Well, a lot of the, um, a lot of the information that I'm going to be talking about um, this evening 
came from this book here, uh, In Search of Timothy. Really good book. Um, if you guys, uh, this book, just amazing. And uh, so, so before I start here, I'm just going to kind of give you guys a little bit of what, what this book, In Search of Timothy, talks about. Uh, the, the man that wrote this book, Tony Cook, he's just talking about supportive ministers. And a lot of the book talks about how that we all will support a pastor. Like here at Church on the Move, how he talks a lot about how important it would be for, for us to support our pastor. But it also, kind of, uh, it also kind of deals with supporting one another, right? You, all, you guys all know that we all should support one another in this. In, in not just our pastors, but, but definitely our pastors, but also um, supporting each other. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about um, this evening. Uh, let me get over here to my notes right quick. My um, iPad is kind of acting kind of strange. Uh, gr- uh, technology is great, right, as long as it works for you, right? Um, so the first uh, scripture verse that we're going to look at is Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to be reading verses 19 through 22. And I'm going to be reading in the King James Version. And I think we probably have it up there on the screen. But it says in uh, Philippians chapter 2, Paul's telling the Philippian church, he says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Uh, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's, but you know the proof of him that, is, that as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Now, I know a lot of times that we will read stuff like this here, like what Paul just said, he, that Timothy served with him as a son. Uh, some of us, I know, may not have a really great relationship with our dads, with our earthly dads. And we have to realize that God, being the Father, is absolutely fabulous. There is no bad. There is no bad with God. The Bible says that God is good. And so sometimes we have to kind of change our mind and our thinking about about our dads because our earthly dads can make mistakes, right? And our, our earthly dads can do things that they probably shouldn't have done, right? But God never does that. God always does right and good. So so Paul here is, is talking about doing ministry, and he's saying how that Timothy served with him, and he's talking about how well Timothy served with him. Matter of fact, Paul goes so far as to say that nobody else was like Timothy. And it's kind of, you, you would think that Paul the apostle, the man that wrote most of the New Testament, you would think he would have lots and lots of people that he could say this about, right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Yeah. you know, and my mind starts thinking, what about Jesus? Did, was Jesus the same way? Did Jesus just have a few or maybe one that he, would, that he would maybe say the same things? To me, that man, it makes me kind of like, like, man. So, what am, so how am I, you know, does Jesus feel that way about me? Am I? I don't know, you know, do you guys, what do you guys think? You, you ask yourself the same question? Am I, doing, am I doing a good enough job to where Jesus is saying, oh yeah, he served with me like a son? Or is Jesus, or is Jesus saying, well, 
Not so much. So we have a little bit of searching to do, right? Well, my first point tonight is that supportive ministers are valuable. And I know that we hear this a lot, that, that you know, we're, we're important, right? We've had our parents tell us that, and we have our teachers tell us that, and we can almost kind of take it for granted, but you, take, you talk to a lot of people, and they don't have a really great image of themselves. I mean, there's a lot of people, man, I'm, I know some people, I'm thinking just off the top of my head, that there's some people that, man, you're like, golly, you know, do you know, you know, you want to, do you know Jesus? I mean, do you, you know, you bet him. I've got a pair of pliers here. And I don't know if I want to read my scripture here first or not. I'm, let me just tell you all this. I got some pliers here. You know, the, you know, the scripture says that we're the body of Christ. Right? Y'all, all, y'all are all familiar with that? We're the body of Christ. Let that sink in just a minute. We're his body. We are his arms, his legs, his fingers, his toes. Right? We are his body. Sometimes when I when I when I say when I say that and read that, I'm like, you know, it almost kind of like his body, you know. I don't know if I understand that so much. But it truly means we are his body. Arms and legs and everything else. Now, with these pliers, I had these pliers because I was thinking that, you know, if some of us think that we're not too valuable. Would any of you guys be willing for me to maybe like take these pliers and pinch your finger real hard or, or maybe pull a toenail off? Or maybe how, how about jerk a leg hair out? Anybody? You ever, pulled, you ever pulled a hair out of your leg down here? Man, it hurts. And don't even think about pulling one out right here. Woo! Man, it hurts bad. So nobody would be willing to do that. Not even a not even a hair out of your leg or your arm. You know, I, I got kind of curious about about it today, and I was thinking, why why do we have hair? You know, and there was websites that said like it, it helps us cool down, it helps our bodies to cool down. You know, to stay cool when it's hot and stuff, and and of course it protects us from dirt. At least that's what it said about the hair in your nose. You know, it keeps keeps some dirt. You know, getting in your eyelids and eyelashes and everything. And um, but where I'm, what I'm wanting to say about this is, is that none of you would be willing to get rid of any part of your body, or have any part be hurt or damaged, not even a hair, right? right. Well, if we are Jesus' body, do you think that maybe some of us are a hair yeah. or a toenail? If we're His body, somebody's got to be that. Because a body has a toenail and hair, right? So do you think Jesus is any different than us? Do you think he would want to give up any part of his body? No way. No way. So it, it gives us a little bit different way of perspective of looking at it when we look at it like that, right? So I just want to show you guys that, that we are very, very, very valuable. Not only to Jesus, but we are also valuable to our pastors. And we're also very valuable to each other. Now, I know we're talking about, you know, being supportive ministers. And uh, just want you guys to know that you're very, very, very 
valuable, very, very important and needed for the body of Christ. You know, could you imagine, could you guys imagine having some of your body not working? Uh, I, I read a statistic in this book where it said, he said in here that he's read statistics where 20% of the body of Christ does all the work. So 80% of the people that go to church don't do anything. They don't serve in ministry. Could you imagine if 80% of your body didn't work? 80% of your body just did not work, didn't do anything. You'd be in pretty bad shape, right? Just half your body, you'd be in bad shape. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 20 and 22. And it says, But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Basically what he's saying here is, what I just said, is that even the parts of our body that that we might think are the most feeble, the most weak, the most unimportant, they're very necessary. Very necessary. You guys realize that when that when Pastor Marvin gets up here, and I'm using him as an example because the Bible says that a pastor, in the book of Ephesians chapter four, it says that the past that pastors are giving to given to us as a gift from God. And so evidently God has something very, very important that He wants to get to us through our pastors. All right? And if you read Ephesians 4, if you read Ephesians chapter 4, at least my Bible says this. It's what I get from it. When I read about a pastor being a gift to us, it says that you're not going to fulfill everything that God wants you to fulfill on this earth without a pastor. You won't get it done by yourself. You won't. You can't stay home and do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And think you're going to please God. It just ain't going to happen. Not, that's not what, that's what my, at least that's what my Bible says. We need each other. Again, we're his body. A hand by itself is useless. A finger by itself, useless. You take a finger off, it's going to die. It's gonna, it, it can do nothing. It has no power. It has no, no way of doing anything. And that's the way we are. We have to be together, come together, work together. Okay. Um... Let's see, do I want to go... Uh, let me read, let me read uh, Romans chapter 1, and uh, verse 11 and 12. And this is just, kind of, just kind of strengthens this point that I'm making. Romans 1, ver, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Paul said, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. When we come into this place and we listen to Pastor Marvin, we listen to our pastors, we listen to whoever is speaking up here, there's an exchange happening, or at least there should be. Paul here talks about a mutual faith of you and me. When we come in here, and I know I said this earlier to you guys, that we should get our hearts and our minds ready. When we come in here, we should be getting ready for God to speak to us. No matter how tired we are, no matter what circumstances, no matter what's going on in our life, 
We can't ever just take for granted that, well, it's just church again, and, you know, it's probably going to be the same. They're going to sing, and they're going to, and Pastor Marvin's going to speak, and then we're going to, okay. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Again, if you're not getting yourself ready, and you're not saying, you know what, hey, I've got a part to play in this. Because you guys know that when whoever the speaker is up here, and you guys are doing a great job, by the way, in your part, you know, some people will nod off and sleep and, how do you think? How do you think of somebody that's up here speaking thanks when they see somebody sleeping? <laughs> okay, am I am I that bad, or is my voice that soothing? <laughs> you know, what's going on? Yeah, maybe they're tired. Yeah, but there's a part I have to play, and whoever's speaking, and there's a part that you guys have to play. Again, however much you're getting ready, is how much you're going to get from this. If God says, you know what, they're falling asleep, they're not paying attention, they're looking at their watch, and they're, they're looking at Facebook on their phone every once in a while, then, then again, is God going to entrust giving some revelation to you if you're just going to... I mean, what if God spoke some of the best things out of my mouth and people are nodding off or not paying attention, not really... That would be horrible, wouldn't it? When we get to heaven, how many times is God going to say, hey, you remember that service? Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. And God said, I've, I was giving you the answer to that prayer that you've been praying for the last seven or eight months. Yipes. Ouch. That's rough, huh? But that's the truth. Doesn't it say that? Is that what you guys are reading in Romans chapter 1 there? There's a mutual faith. We both have to believe, the speaker and the listener. Let me go to my second point. Supportive ministers must be committed and again, in, in Tony Cook's book here, In Search of Timothy, he talks about four different, uh, in four different areas that we're to be com- committed to. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all four of them, but I'm just going to focus on one because you guys don't want to be here three hours, right? right? It's a lot of information in this book. It's a great book, great book. Um, first, uh, we have to be committed to God and His Word, to the church, uh, and not just this building. The people are the church, right? And you have to be committed to your own calling, and then you have to be committed to your pastor. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on. So I'm going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 21. I read it just a second ago. But in Philippians 2, verse 21, Paul's talking about, he's talking to Timothy, you know, when he was saying that Timothy served with me as a son. And he's talking about all the other people. He said, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. So, Again, I just can't hardly believe that Paul the Apostle didn't have just, you know, at least like 10 or 12 people that he could say this about, but only one. He could only say that only Timothy, only Timothy didn't seek what he wanted. He was seeking what Jesus wanted. It's just, it's amazing to me. You would think a man as great as Paul the Apostle, Paul the Apostle did some amazing things. And for him to have just one person. But verse 20, you back up one verse, and it says, Paul said, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. I looked up that word, like-minded, and it says, it says things like of the same spirit or having the same heart. Now, I think every single one of us should be in the church that we know that we're called to, Right? Don't go to another church. If you don't feel called here, then go find the church you're called to. 
But I truly believe God has a church for everyone. He has a pastor for everyone. Everyone. Because he, he, again, a pastor is a gift to us. And so why would God say, well, I'm going to give a gift to some and not to, to others? That just don't sound, like, that don't sound like God. So I think we all should find the church that we're supposed to be hooked, to, hooked up to. We should know the vision of that church. Follow that vision. And we should let our pastors lead us in that vision. You know, we're not all going to always agree. We'll, we might think, well, I'd do something different than, different than that. But, you know, we can all choose to agree. I've been, I've been with Pastor Marvin over 20 years, 21 years, something like that. And there's been dozens, I mean, tons of times where he said, hey, we're going to do this. And in my mind, I'd say, well, I wouldn't do it that way. But you know what? It does me no good to fight it and go against it and say, well, I don't, I'm not, you know. I just, okay, let's do it. Let's just go. And when you do that, it just works out so much smoother and so much better. That's a great thing about about how God's made us, that we can just we can choose to agree and just do things together. And when we do that, huge, huge power is available. You know, I got to, I was thinking about um, I was thinking about agreement and there was another word that I was thinking. I thought I wrote it down here, but I guess I didn't. But you know, Jesus said Jesus said that he talked about the prayer of agreement. And then he said if just two people would agree on something, that it would be done for them. That's, that's, that's awesome. I immediately think about my wife because I'm thinking, here we, i got somebody to agree with. Amen. But, you know, we can also agree with our pastors. We come in, we get behind the vision, we agree, and, oh, if we would do that. There's so much division in the church. You know, there's different de- denominations and different, well, I, we believe this and we believe that. You know, if we just say, you know what, we just agree. We're just all going to agree. Oh, could you imagine what could, could you imagine just what would happen? Crazy. Um, all kinds of things. I hear, people, I hear people say things all the time about, uh, about the church. You know, I hear people say, ah, I'd, go the, I'd go to church if this was right or if, this, if they did this or did and we're like, man, well, why don't you get in there and do that? If you think the church, the church needs that, then why don't you get in there and lead that? But, you know, people, they don't think about it like that. Okay. Uh, let's go to point three. You, you guys ready? You guys still with me here? Uh, point three, supportive ministers must have priorities. And, uh, again, this guy, uh, Tony Cook, uh, he, he mentioned three things, but I'm just going to focus on one because... Um, we just don't have time for all three of them. But the priorities that we have, number one, serve God's purpose. Number two, respect the office of the pastor. And then number three, learn to work with the pastor's personality. Again, I got to thinking about this. Um, tell you what, let me, let me read my scripture first. Uh, let me read my scripture first, and then we'll, then we'll talk about it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. It says, always be humble. humble. Is it humble or humble? Huh? Humble. Humble with a with a H, right? Okay. Okay. It depends. People 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 say hey, it's, it's humble. Okay. Okay. Humble, humble. However you want to say it, right? It just depends on where you're from, huh? Let's just agree. Yeah. You guys agree with me that it's humble. Okay. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. 
That says it, doesn't it? You know, the way, the way that we work with each other is going to depend on how successful that we are. Again, if we agree, God says anything is... If, if we agree anything, he, he, he said, I'll do it. You two, two of you, at least two of you agree, I'll do it. Um, I forget where the scripture is. It says something to the effect of uh, something about fighting the enemy. One will turn a thousand to flight and two will turn ten thousand. Well, we're, we, we, grow, we get exponentially stronger. You know, you think, well, if one, if one ran off a thousand, two would run off two thousand. That makes sense. But that's not what the word says. Ten thousand. So you're ten times as strong, ten times better, if you, if you have somebody to agree with, if you have somebody to partner with. Um, again, when I think, that, there it is right there, submission and agreement. Farther down. Yeah, I was getting ahead of myself, wasn't I? But I had submission and agreement are powerful weapons. When we, when we come into a place and we get under the leadership and we just submit ourselves and just say, okay. How many of you guys know that when we get to heaven... And God says, hey, let's do this. That we're not going to be able to go, well, God, I think I'd rather do it this way. <laughs> we're going to have a hard time fighting leadership there, right? And you guys are aware that the Word says, again, that God says, I've given you pastors as a gift. If you go into the Old Testament, it refers, it refers to pastors as like shepherds. And God says, I'll give you shepherds, and they're going to lead you. And we're better off when we just submit to, the, to a shepherd. We, we submit to leadership. Just better. Let me read one other scripture for you guys, Acts chapter 15. And uh, this is a story about Paul the Apostle. When Paul the Apostle first started going on his missionary journeys... Um, there was a young man by the name of Mark that went with them, but he only went part of the way. And then he turned back and he didn't want to finish. Well, when Paul started going through his second, uh, his second, uh, after he had done, went through his first journeys and returned, and then they were going to go out again, who was it, Silas? No, Barnabas. It was Paul and Barnabas, the first journey. And when they started to go again the second time, Barnabas said, hey, let's take Mark with us again. And Paul said, no, let's not do that. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not, Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being, recommend, uh, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Now, Paul didn't want to take Mark for whatever reason. It doesn't say why. Maybe just thought, well, he's a quitter. You know, he gave up on us, didn't go with us all the way. We don't know. Paul might have had a good reason. I mean, Mark might have had a good reason. He might, he might have had a really good reason. But, but, but anyways, what, what I'm trying to show you is here is there was some disagreement there, wasn't it? You know, Paul, Paul evidently didn't care so much for Mark. And, you know, Mark, he might not have, we don't know how he felt. He might have 
Well, I don't really care for Paul either. We don't know. It doesn't tell us in the Word. But anyways, if you read 2 Timothy chapter 4, and it's Paul, Paul writing this, talking to Timothy, he said, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, we don't know what happened, but evidently Mark changed, or Paul changed. Something changed. But, but do you guys see that there's, a, there's a, something happening here where Paul and Mark evidently come to some kind of agreement? You know, Paul, had to, Paul evidently changed his mind. You know, Mark could have said, you know, evidently Timothy got Mark because Paul's saying, hey, bring Mark with you. He's profitable. Well, what if Mark would have said, well, he wouldn't let me go on the second journey, so forget it. I ain't going to help him now. And we, 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 we know that at this time when Paul was writing this, he was in prison. He's in prison. So he's kind, of in a bad, he's kind of in bad shape. And evidently Paul was wanting to send other ministers out and help. You know, hey, hey, I need you to go and help these other churches, go in and see how everybody's doing. And Mark could have just said, well, I ain't doing that. But we don't, we don't see that he did. I, I, I tend to believe that Mark probably did. He probably did go help Paul. And then we've got to be the same way. We've got to begin to just put aside our differences. We've got to come in here and, and uh, get behind leadership, get behind the pastors, get behind one another, right? It's just better that way, isn't it? thought I might have had another thought for you guys. You know, um, I was thinking today, too, that um, there's been times where you know, I was telling you guys earlier that there'd been times where Pastor Marble would make a decision about something, and and of course I'd have these thoughts. Well, I, I would, you know, I think well I could do. It. I thought I would think I would do it differently or something like that. But um, just you know, knowing better, just okay, you know, get behind Pastor. And um, you know, I pray for our pastors all the time. I pray for Pastor Marble and Miss Patty all the time. Pray for you guys all the time, and and hopefully you guys are praying for our pastors too. Um, you know, it's really hard to pray for somebody, and then it's really hard praying for somebody, especially if, you, especially if you're praying more than just a God bless the pastors, thank you, amen. You know, if you spend time, really, really spend time praying for your pastors, like, like I believe we should, it's hard to complain about them. And it's hard to fight them. You know, it's hard to fight and disagree if you just really spend time praying for them. You know, because there have been times where Pastor Marvin might do something, and I'd be like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know if I'd want, you know. But then I'd go, wait a minute, I've been praying for them. How, how can I, you know, how, how can, you, your heart just kind of goes, ah, oh, that's, you know, and you just can't do that. So you guys definitely pray for our pastors. Well, let's, let's pray this evening. Father, we come to you in Jesus.